by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Welcome back to N17 Women, the only podcast exclusively dedicated to Tottenham Hotspur women. It has been quite a while since our last episode, uh, but in fairness, I think we can blame the club for that because they did not give us anything to talk about for a solid month. But finally, we've got some major news to talk about a new manager, our first signing of the summer. Uh, So we're really excited to get into that. Uh, We're going to be without Sean today because she is busy this week with the first meetings for the new fan advisory board, which she was just elected to. So congrats to Sean. Hope those meetings go well, and hopefully we'll have her back on next week. Speaking of next week, we are hoping to get to do a World Cup preview pod. So if you have any questions you want us to answer about the World Cup, we're going to put up a post on Twitter where you can send in those questions. So keep an eye out for that. And also just thank you guys for answering our listener survey. Uh, We got some really great feedback. It was, I think, just really nice to hear that, you know, y'all get something out of this podcast and it helps you feel closer to the club. And we're definitely going to take a look at some of that feedback and let it inform how we go about the pod in this second season. So thanks again for that. So I do have Rachel and Abby here with me today. How are y'all doing? Yeah, excited to have some news to talk about from Spurs. I know. I'm really excited. I think I forgot how to podcast. It's been ages. (laughs) I had the exact same thought before we hit record just now. So you're not alone. (laughs) Well, let's just get straight into it. So first order of business, we finally have a manager. Thank God. His name is Robert Villaham, and he is a 40-year-old former striker, and he comes to us from Bikahiken, which plays in the Damelsvenskan. That's the first division of Swedish women's football, and they are currently top of the league. I think they're at the midpoint of their season, so that was kind of the timing around this appointment. And he had previously worked as an assistant for their men's side as well, helping them to gain Europa Conference League qualification. And outside of his management work in Sweden, he has also founded a soccer academy in Uganda. And apparently he's very passionate about, you know, education and development. We don't have any word yet on who his coaching staff is going to be. So it's unclear if Vicky Jepsen is going to be involved or not. But what are y'all's first thoughts on Villaham? I would say like solid excitement, not like too, like I'm not like leaping out of my seat other than the fact that we have a manager and before we didn't. Um, But there is definitely, there's definitely a lot to like there. I think my immediate reaction was, oh, thank God it's not like person X, Y, and Z who I really didn't want. Uh, I think I'm excited. It seems like he has some good attacking philosophies. I don't know too much about that, but from the little I've heard and seen so far. uh, And one thing I find really promising and really interesting is some of the names who have come out of his team, like Laxtenius and Kennerid, those yeah, names basically left off the page of people who, you know, developed under him sort of, and then made the leap to the WSL. Uh, yeah, so I think those were my initial thoughts. I obviously have some further ones, but that was my first reaction. 
Yeah, I think my first reaction was like Abby, it was a sort of relief that it wasn't so many other people who could have been worse and just happiness that there was a decision and also that there was a reason for the delay, which is that this is the break in the Swedish season. And so it wasn't just Spurs dilly dallying, but now we understood why they'd been so hesitant about making the appointment faster. So that was good. And I think we've heard some things since him in terms of, you know, what he's done previously. He has quite limited experience in women's football so it is just those couple of years really and he's done well he's at top of the league at the moment so you can't really do better than that but it's a much weaker league than the WSL and the challenges are going to be different here and there's probably less attention and focus on him so it's not obvious that he's necessarily going to do brilliantly we think about how the sort of the adjustments issues there have been in some managers from other countries coming to the WSL last season like at Brighton and at um, Everton before that and so you know it's cautious optimism and I think it's, it's become more solidly optimistic as we have heard more from him about his tactics. Yeah I would echo a lot of those same thoughts. I this was not a name that I had heard before or was familiar with but I think on the women's side of the game that's kind of common there aren't as many like marquee managers so to speak so the fact that I didn't know about him didn't mean that he wasn't any good I just wasn't familiar with him but yeah I think there is kind of that slight concern about the level that he's been managing at and the fact that he has so recently switched over to managing in the women's game but I'm excited to see what he can do and I mean kind of like y'all said it, it could have been worse I think one of the the things that I listened to in preparing for this pod was an interview that he had done and one of the things he said right off the bat was that his motto is I'm paraphrasing here but to always be kind and I'm like well that's wonderful because (laughs) there are too many managers especially in the women's game that do not have that kind of attitude so hopefully we can continue to see I think that good and positive environment that we've had at the club and just hopefully he'll take it up a level tactically. So speaking of tactics, what do we think we're going to see out of him in terms of the formations that he might set us up with, you know, players that might favor his system? What do y'all think? So a couple, a couple of people who have watched more of the Swedish league said that he plays quite often in a, a a 4-2-3-1, which is pretty much what we analysis of a few games in the Champions League. And in those, he was a little bit more flexible and he did switch to five at the back in one of the games, at least in defence when he was playing, I think it was Bayern Munich. And so I guess a little bit of tactical flexibility. What I liked when I watched a few games, um, just clips from games that his team were playing, is they were moving the ball really fast and there was a lot of pressing and pace in going forwards. And so it was very much dependent on people, both knowing where other teammates were, but also being able to predict that and players running onto the ball. And he said in his interview that one of the things he thinks he needs to develop is pace and, um, you know, speed and also the um, being in sync of of the squad. And so the fact that he noticed that and also looking at his style of play, that that's going to be absolutely essential to play anything like how he was playing at Aachen. 
is I think exciting because I think we all like to see a faster paced game and one where the ball moves better and people know where each other are and can find them and so I'm quite excited to see how that works I don't think it's a perfect game for all of our existing players which I guess we'll get on to at a later point but if some of that works and he's got the tactical nails to do that that'll be good I the only note of caution is I think I've watched a couple of games where we were his teams were conceding um corners and other uh, free kicks and I was just thinking like oh no please let's like and I'm just hoping that we still have some sort of set piece expert in to fill in the gaps because I was thinking especially if he's a striker and like you know that's his background maybe we just need that shoring up and I'm not sure he's the man to do that I know I had the same thought I like early on in the first game of his that I watched um they just conceded like just a classic I've seen Spurs do it a thousand times goal where it's like they can't clear the ball out of the box after a set piece and then somebody just shoots like through like in between every defender the goalkeeper's unsighted and I was like oh man perfect fit really but like here we go again um and yeah I think like I I don't really have much to add beyond what Rachel said other than that I did see what I thought looked like some pretty nice counter pressing, which is really nice. So like losing, losing the ball and then like immediately winning it back very aggressively. Um, I think I love a counter press. So I, I hope that that, that comes along. Yeah. I mean, like y'all, I haven't had a huge amount of opportunity to watch his previous team play. So I don't have a ton to add either, but I think, it sounds like he's made a pretty accurate assessment of what he's working with in terms of our current squad. And um, I think made a somewhat pointed comment about needing to bring in some players <laughs> who are going to be able to handle that sort of more pressing style. Um, so as long as we, we understand, you know, what the situation is and how we need to adjust, that's, that's fine. I think I'm also excited to see perhaps some of our younger players really develop under his management, because it seems like that's been a huge focus in his career so far, um, especially with having founded, you know, his Academy. But I think, you know, we've, we've had questions about like, for example, Asmita Ale, is she going to be a player who falls out of favor or possibly moves on from Tottenham? Um, And I think he might give her a chance. So that would be really good to see. Um, but before we move on to our first player signing of the summer, do y'all have any other concerns about this appointment? I guess I have two. The first one is just that last season, the club was publicly committing to supporting the careers of female managers. And we know there's a limited pool of women in management and there are reasons for that. And maybe this isn't the time to have a female manager because they haven't identified one that is a good fit. But if we are going to have a male manager, I would hope that they do a lot of work around kind of assistant managers, coaches, other things to ensure that they are not rolling back on that commitment to increasing the numbers of women sort of behind the scenes and in coaching in the game. And I guess my other is that's a sort of very specific thing. And the other one is more just this fear, which is, you know, I don't want him to become Jonas Eidevel in lots of ways. Um, but one of the things we have to kind of like call out is that since Eidevel went to Arsenal, the team has got very blonde and very white. And it's great. Eidevel has these connections and the team is playing well. And we're not, I'm not saying that's not true. 
but if all of your connections are in northern Europe and Scandinavia, that might be the inadvertence or, you know, deliberate outcome of it. And I think it's great to have an international coach who has those connections. And I hope he does exploit those to bring in new players who we didn't know about. But one of the things I like about Spurs is that the plays reflect the diversity of the area the club's in, that it's properly, you know, that we have players not just from different areas of the world, but also from different communities in the UK. And we've lost, you know, a, a mixture of players this season. And I would hope that the players that come in are as diverse as the ones who have left. And I would be sad to see that not happening and the club not being kind of aware of that as it's doing its recruitment. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think I do have like a little bit of, I would say I have tactical concerns that are more about the club than Vilham himself. I just think like, and I think this has like been reflected in a lot of the, the few questions people have around Postacago on the men's side, which is like coming from a team that's, that's top of the league playing possession based et cetera, et cetera, going to a team that doesn't have the talent level um, to be top of the league and be dominant like that, like what shifts are going to have to happen. And I think like, you know, in, in Villahan's case, I am slightly less concerned because we have some of the Champions League games to look at uh, where his side were not the dominant side. Um, so that's all right. But I just have concerns about like, the players at the club because it kind of seems to me that the club was unable to identify that we lost all of our passing talent last summer. And I think personally, like between that and injuries, that was like also a big factor in Rianne Skinner's downfall. And I worry that the club is going to fail to identify the kind of that, that that is a talent that's missing in the group of players at the club. I have like squad building concerns still. And I worry that bringing in like a super attacking passing um, manager is not going to go well for that reason. Yeah. I mean, I think those are both really good shouts. And a lot of that just comes down to recruitment, which we know has not been a strong suit at all times for our club. Um, And we talked about wanting to have new sources for recruitment, like other leagues. But I agree with Rachel. We don't want it to be coming from just one league now um, or just one region of the world. So, yeah, definitely it's it's going to be kind of a make or break summer again. <laughs> and we saw and how that we went last do? season. Our biggest international recruit, recruiter has departed the club. So. Yeah, what are we going to do without Tenny? It's the million-dollar question. I don't know. But maybe she's <laughs> making new connections for us and she'll – still send us like Roma players who knows like that would honestly be like... great <laughs> well I think she left amicably you know so she could still send some some players our way but we did make our first signing of the summer and if you believe the reports this was one that was actually kind of in the works for a while because it was a player that Rianne Skinner had identified and tried to bring in in January um, and so that's Luana Buller. She is a 27-year-old defender from Switzerland, and she is joining us from Hoffenheim in the Frauen Bundesliga and had also played at Zurich previously. And with both of those clubs, she had Champions League experience. She also captained Hoffenheim. 
Uh, so definitely a very experienced player with leadership capabilities, which is great. Um, and as a defender, she primarily plays um, on the right side, whether that's the right side of center back partnership, right side of center back in a three or as right fullback. And she was recently selected for Switzerland's World Cup squad. So we will see her in the tournament this summer, probably before we uh, see her do anything with Spurs. So what are our first thoughts on Luana Buller? I'm happy for us to have signed a center back. Um, even if Shalina stays at the club, Paris has departed. And I do not think that Amy Turner, Shalina Zdorsky, and Molly Bartrip is enough good center back quality to compete where we want to be competing in the WSL. Um, so I'm happy about that. It sounds like she's got a decent pass on her. So that checks my box. I also think that from what I've heard about the way Hoffenheim play, the center backs aren't on the ball a ton. Um, and, you know, they kind of rotate a lot, but she had the most minutes out of Hoffenheim's center backs. And I also kind of like, I don't know this for sure because I haven't watched Hoffenheim play at all, but from what it sounded like, it kind of checks out with like her being a Skinner player. Um, it sounds like they played similar to the way we used to play where like the center backs, like really just sweep up and they're not really that involved in, um, you know, a lot of like, there's a lot of defense going up further on the pitch before it gets to them. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really know too much else about her, but like seems, seems solid. I'm satisfied. Yeah. Like happy. I'm pretty happy with her when I first looked Dorsky replacement, obviously we still don't know what's happening with Lena, and so don't know if that is what she has been back so you know if I would it seems surprising to have four right-sided centre-backs um because she doesn't play as a full-back very often she um seems to be quite attacking um and willing to get forward and so she was often the centre-back that would go further forward of the pairings yeah it's good if she's good on the ball which it sounds like she is um she's good passing and that sounds like a positive and something that will fit into the new squad as well as fit into the old yeah I agree I think we've kind of been lacking I think a center back who is comfortable on the ball I think out of the ones we have currently Molly Bartrip probably fits that profile the best but I think what probably excites me the most about the signing is just having a player coming in who's you know at her peak because I think one of the issues we had last season was having too many players who were either you know young and still developing or players who who were a little older and definitely had the experience but had maybe not been getting regular first team minutes at their previous club so to me this seems like a player who's going to be able to just slot seamlessly into the team um probably even as a starter. Um, what do you think? What what excites you the most about her? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, the fact that she's good, seems good on the ball and that we need some more centre-backs who do that. She, I, I think it's, it's, I think Rianne, there's so many things about which Rianne Skinner must be frustrated. And the fact that she didn't get her in January is probably on that list because, that might have made a difference at that point at which Shalina wasn't able to play. So, yeah, I, I feel <laughs> sorry for Rianne. That said, 
you know, I think she's a solid recruitment. And I think, like you say, Caroline, it's good that the club is persisting in trying to attract players that they identify as, you know, at the right level. Um, and I guess it's it's interesting that she's choosing to come to the Spurs and moving away from getting Champions League football. It's hard for me to pick out um, things that I'm like most excited about because I feel so burned by like last summer where we were like so excited and then like we definitely had hesitations but like I don't know and then it all crumbled crumbled so spectacularly I think like I am just tired of our back line and I'm so excited for there to be some new blood in it because I feel like it has been clear since preseason that that there are flaws in the back line and yet the attack or the focus has always been on like, oh, Spurs can't score goals. Spurs need to improve their attack. But at least since preseason, it's been obvious to me that like some of the problems we've been experiencing further up the pitch were symptoms of things going on in the de- defense, in my opinion. So I am just happy for new blood. I am happy to have a name on the team sheet that's not um, Zdorsky or Harrop or Turner and sorry to those three because they've done a great job but like I'm exhausted man I 100% agree with you I it just felt like there was something off about the chemistry in the back line the whole season which was strange because half of it you know was exactly the same from the previous season but I think sometimes you do just need a new perspective coming in someone with a slightly different skill set and one of the things I loved about her first interview was that she kind of self-identified as being an aggressive player. And that's something we have been really lacking, I feel like. So that's going to be refreshing to see that in the squad. And that's where she also said she was a playful player, which I just really (laughs) love because I love the idea of her just enjoying the game and like doing things for the fun of it. And and this is where I thought that she might fit in because one of the things I did notice about, um, uh, Hacken when I was watching them um, for looking at Wilhelmen's, um previous team is that there were players who were doing like you know flicks and chips and fun stuff which is like very much something that I mostly I associate with Ash in our team but sometimes Celine or Jess or someone will do something like that and I was thinking oh it'd be so nice to have like another player who likes that and like just be set free a little bit and obviously you need to have all of the you know, the stuff in place to, you know, the back line be secure so you can be set free. But once that happens, I feel like she's somebody who will, you know, set people off in ways that are fun. Yeah, and just bring a little more unpredictability to our game, I think will be nice. Um, But do y'all see any downsides? Because I think we kind of touched on this already, but it does feel like we still have a bit of an imbalance when it comes to having more players who favor the right side of the defense and you know what what's going on with the left I don't know anything else that y'all pinpointed I think you said it all (laughs) yeah we need a left left back left side yeah we just need a left back and I kind of wouldn't mind a right back still because I really would like Ash to have the opportunity to play forward and I'm not convinced by Amy Turner at right back Although, you know, again, we don't know if Esmita's still in the club. We don't know if Shalina's still at the club. So hard to say what's happening in the back line. Well, that brings me perfectly to our next topic, which is just other transfer business. There's still a lot of it to get done. We've got 
definitely some incomings that need to happen, but we still have a lot of remaining contract decisions. So out of the players from last season, whose contract status is still up in the air, are there any that you think are less likely to stay now due to this new manager appointment or any who are more likely to stay? And just to refresh everyone's memory, the players who have that one-year option are Evelina, Kit, and Gracie. And Shalina, Roz, and Azmita are out of contract as of, you know, the beginning of the month. So thoughts? I I think um I think we should still extend Gracie and Kit and Evelina. I think we'd be stupid not to. I think I wonder about what us bringing in another center back means for Gracie since that's been somewhere she's played. But I also think it's a moot point because I still think, I think Chalina's gone. I think, um, and this is based solely on, on social media speculation, but like my own social media speculation, to be clear, she hasn't posted welcomes for the, um, for Bueller or Villaham. And that's something she historically has always done. She's always been very on top of like being the first to welcome any incomings to the club. And that's been something that's been kind of going on since like the last week of the season when, um, when she was dropped for those games or that she didn't travel. So I think, I think Shalina goes. And I think because Shalina goes, I think Gracie will extend and get that last roster spot and you'd be you'd be stupid not to she just got promoted it with Bristol so uh I think it's clear like you know we finished in the bottom of the table like that's not there is a big step between the championship and the WSL however like you you'd be like those players a lot of them are going to make that leap so you we'd be stupid not to keep Gracie I think yeah I'm with you on Shalina looking like she is probably not going to be here she also didn't say kind of public goodbyes to players who were leaving and she just has felt quite detached for the last little while um and yeah I mean I'm I think that Evelina will fit great into his system in whatever way he wants to play her and I cannot see him not renewing her contract I would I will change my opinion instantly on him if he doesn't um but I I think that Kit is great, but I think she will be a more complicated fit into how he plays because she's not a very hustling, pressing player always. Um, She does different things and she probably could be, but that isn't how she's been playing at least since she's come back from injury um, so much. I think in terms of then Esmita, like we've just been saying we don't have full back. So if she goes, she needs, there needs to be a replacement. So I guess the question is whether there is somebody that he's got his eye on. And, you know, this is the place where potentially he has some flexibility and ability to make decisions. And I guess if an incoming coach, you might want to exercise, then maybe that's where, and he's still got the option of getting a left back. So maybe he doesn't want to get a left back and a right back on the same day. And as meters a bit flexible. Um, Roz, I don't know. I think, I can see Russ fitting with his play, his style of play, and I can also see her really not. So, you know, in terms of players who don't sync up with others, she's kind of high on the list. But Roz defies expectations at all times in every way. So, isn't that the truth? Yes. Well, I mean, I I agree with you, Rachel. Evelina was the first player I thought of that is just absolutely perfect for what we think we're going to be seeing out of Villaham. 
And Azmita, you know, I I think she was one of the few defenders we had who really tried to play on the front foot, you know, to her best ability with like obviously the limitations of, you know, some of the players around her. But I I think it would be a shame to see her go. But I get your point that with the new manager coming in, sometimes they have players that they want to bring in and the players who are out of contract are the ones who are the easiest to move on. So we'll, we'll see what happens with all those one player since we last did an episode who has moved on from the club is Tenny Corpella, um, who has signed with Roma. You know, we were sad to see her go. I think pretty much universally, she was very well liked. Any final words on Tenny? I thought she was great. I loved her. I'm sad to see her go. I mean, I'm happy to be getting new keepers in. I think that's something we need as well, but I'll be sad to see her go. She was pretty cool. Yeah, she was just, she was cool. She was cool on the pitch. She was cool off of the pitch. She was never ruffled, always just like seemed to be in the right headspace. And I think Roma is a good move for her at this stage in her career. And y'all can fact check me because I will be the first to admit I don't watch the Italian league, but I would assume that they're still in Champions League after this past season. I mean, they so. won the league. So. Did they? Okay, great. Yeah. See, that's how little I know <laughs> about great, the Italian yeah. league. Way, way to show my uh, lack of knowledge here. Yeah. No, but. I just have, I have one of my friends online is, is also a Roma fan as well as a Tottenham fan. So I have had the pleasure of uh, seeing him be very happy this year about Roma. So um, nice. yeah, I, I unintentionally now know like three things about them. One of which is <laughs> in the league. Yes. So she'll be back in champions league. So that's awesome for her, but have, I, I don't think I have, but have y'all heard any rumors about who might replace her? I think there was kind of some suggestion that Hannah Hampton might join us on loan after signing with Chelsea, but now it sounds like they want to keep her there in preseason and get a look at her. So I don't yeah, know. Well, can they loan us one of the other ones then? Because they have like 10 starting keepers. No kidding. I haven't heard anything else. Uh, we do need, I mean, there are, you know, there's been some very good keeper signings already this season by Leicester and by Aston Villa. So and I guess by Chelsea getting Hannah Hampton. So the heat is on in terms of keep the keeper market. Let's just steal. I've heard like a couple really funny NWSL related suggestions to some of the teams who are struggling. And so I think we should just swoop in and pay the big bucks for either um, Alyssa Nyer, Kaylin Sheridan, both of whom are on teams who are not having the best time right now. <laughs> I would love Alyssa Nair. I'm I'm a Wave fan, so I don't want Sheridan to leave the Wave. But yes, Nair would be awesome. Well, besides the goalkeeper, what other positions do we still need to address? In my eyes, I think we just still need that left center back or slash left fullback and a defensive midfielder first and foremost. But do y'all have any other ideas? I think also I'd love a high quality winger like a lot of the other positions I'm not expecting to be able to get big names in. Like there just aren't that many available right now. I think we should pay the big bucks for like a quality left winger who is already proven. Yeah. I think the left side is weak at the moment. And obviously we have players who can play on the left who switch over, but they're all right footed. So I think that we don't, have that at the moment and that's where we're weak but again defensive midfield you know 
and that hasn't changed. We haven't suddenly got somebody in. And I, I think they're just, I guess this is where it's good to have a new manager. He can look at our surplus of number 10s and maybe even send somebody out on loan because we just have too many players in that position. Yeah, I think that's an excellent suggestion for sure. Well, hopefully we will be getting news more frequently now than we did over the, the first portion of the summer. Um, obviously, things probably are going to slow down a little bit with the World Cup. Um, and who knows, we could even see some recruitment come out of those World Cup performances. But before we sign off, I wanted to throw it over to Rachel. I just wanted to say something personal before we finished. Um, basically, pretty much the day after our last podcast came out, my mum died. And so it's not really about Spurs women, but because most of my friends are Arsenal fans and most of my family are Arsenal fans, my mum had become this rare family member who would come to Spurs with me. And she was American and she hadn't grown up watching football, but because I was the only one in our family who ever got her tickets to go to games, she became a big fan of the Spurs men's team, especially. I'm not quite sure I convert her to Spurs women, in part because I don't think she'd yet been to a game that we won. And she actually came to that hellish game last season when we played Arsenal at home. And she commented that our players seemed a little bit less fit than Arsenal's, which pretty much summed it up. But she did at least get to see a draw when we played Brighton at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and got to see a lovely Beth England goal. Anyway, it's just that as we start thinking about next season and about buying new season tickets, it's, I get thinking about who I'm going to take. And I've got a reminder that my list of people who are going to come with me has just got a bit shorter. So I just wanted to kind of shout her out because it's been on my mind a lot over the last month. And I'm really glad that she's connected to Spurs women, even if in a small way. And I'm going to miss her. Thank you for sharing that, Rachel. And Obviously, you have all of our condolences here at N17 Women. Um, but thank you guys all for listening to this latest episode. You can follow us at N17 Women on Twitter for updates and also to submit your listener questions. Definitely get some in for our upcoming World Cup preview episode. And we will talk to you next time. Come on, you Spurs. Mm-hmm.